Take out your Bibles, and we'll start this morning in Romans chapter 6. The title of the message this morning is The Old Man and the New Man, and there's a difference there. But the old man has some different names attached to it. It means the same thing. The old man, the word flesh is used in the Bible, and the flesh has power over us, doesn't it? The flesh tries to control us, tell us what to do. Don't let the flesh control you. Don't let your flesh control you when you get up on on Sunday mornings and come to church. Get up. Don't let your flesh try to keep you back in bed there. Uh, Don't let your flesh weary you. Don't let your flesh tempt you. You know, many times the devil's temptations are with temptation with the flesh. So the flesh is another name for the old man. The carnal nature, C-A-R-N-A-L, carnal, like chili con carne, means chili with what? What's con carne? Meat, yeah, thank you, good, good answer. Uh, We use the Bible word carnal sometimes. Also called the natural man. So the old nature is called the flesh, the carnal, being carnal, and the natural man too, kind of interesting there. And what is a nature, first of all? Maybe we need to understand that. The old man and its nature, the new man and its nature. Nature is the essential character of a thing. Someone or something. The essence, what it's made up of. What are its qualities? What are its habits? What are its ways of life? That is the nature of something. Its essence, what it's made up of. And so we're going to compare and contrast those two natures today. We're going to compare and contrast the old nature, the old man, and the new man, the new nature, which is God's nature himself living and dwelling inside of every Christian. God's nature, his essential character, God's essential character, God's essential essence Uh, what God is made up of in his qualities and his habits, that indwells every born-again Christian, every single one. That's why there's a change. But there's also something else that goes on, too. When a person gets born again, when they get saved, and they're really saved, and they're changed and born again, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we still have the old nature, though, too. But we have now the new nature when you're born again, too. So we have the old man and we have the new man all combined in one person, in me, in you, if you're a Christian this morning. The two. How can you distinguish between the two? And what is different about the two natures? What are the differences, plural, about the two natures? Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this... That our, here it is, old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. So what should happen to sin destroyed? That henceforth, henceforth from now on, we should not serve sin. So faith and real salvation is shown and revealed by what you serve. Are you serving the flesh? Are you serving Jesus Christ? Are you serving sin, like it says there? And then verse 7 says, For he that is dead is freed from sin. The power of sin has been broken. The reality of it, the presence of it is still there, but its power is broken in our lives. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, talking about, again, the natures and what's possible with one and not two of the other, Showing the comparisons and contrasts. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now here's a big difference here. The natural man, the one that's not saved, that old man, receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They don't want spiritual things. They don't like spiritual things. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Not only do they look upon them as being foolish, they can't understand it. Because they are spiritually discerned. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation. There it is, the old man. So what are we supposed to do with the old man? Put it off. Get rid of it. Don't let its power control you. Former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there's where the change takes place. I'm going to bring up different thoughts this morning about the old man versus the new man, comparing them and contrasting them. Number one, first of all, number one in the outline, the old nature is the one that everyone is born with. Now let's turn to Psalm chapter 51, verse 5. You're born with only one nature, the old sinful nature. Psalm chapter 51, verse 5. Behold, I, David, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So at birth, he had the sinful nature, the old man. Even newborn babies, all they have is the old man yet in them. The flesh, the carnal things, the natural man, they're born that way. Now, they can make a choice. They can make a difference. As they grow, they have a chance to change that by believing on the Lord. But everyone is born with the one nature, that old sinful nature. The Christian has two natures, and we picked up that second nature sometime in this world. And we call that being born again. So number one, the old nature is the one everyone's born with. Number two, in my outline, which one is God's nature, these two natures? Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. And we're going to talk about here in particular God, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is God himself too. Which one is God's nature? So different from man's nature, from that corruptible nature, from that carnal nature. So different. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, beginning there at the fruit of the Spirit. And by the way, if you're trying to discern, understand which is which and who is what, the Bible says in Matthew where the Lord says, you can tell them by their fruit. Look at how they live. Look at what they like. Look at their fruit, what they do in their lives. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says here, which answers my question, which one is God's nature? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If you back up to verse 16, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So there's the contrast there in verse 16 also. There's the two natures there. There's God's Spirit, and there's the human, the fleshly spirit too. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. 
What it's saying in verse 16, if you want to stop some bad habit, if you want to stop some habit of the flesh, don't just try to stop it. Replace it with walking in the Spirit. That's how you have victory over the flesh. That's how you have victory over the, the sinful nature. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's how you have victory, by walking in the Spirit. But look for the fruit. Somebody says they're a Christian. Look for the fruit. Somebody even goes to church. Look for the fruit. Are they really saved? Here's the fruit. Now, are they perfect in all these things? No. Uh, no Christian in this room is perfect in all these things. We're not talking about sinless perfection. I'll probably say that more than once this morning, that sinless perfection thing, because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying today. I am saying there's a big difference when a person gets saved, because now they have a new nature they never had before. And they're going to be different. They're going to have new desires inside them, but it's not going to be perfection yet. You know when we're finally going to be perfect? When we finally get rid of this old nature. Back to verse 22. Here's the fruit to look for. You shall know them by their fruits. You know what that means? That's really saying you need to judge people. You know what that's also saying? You need to judge yourself. What is the fruit of the Spirit? And what is the fleshly fruit inside of us? Because we still have both natures, sad to say. That's a battle, isn't it, folks? By their fruit you shall know them. Point number three in my outline. Which one does God want us to obey? Now we'll go back to Romans chapter 6 again. That word obey is missing from a lot of churches. That word obey and obedience is missing from a lot of even Christians' conversations. You know what a good Bible study would be for you? Get a concordance out, you know, like a Strong's Concordance, and look up the word obey and obedience and how many references there are. Obedience is connected with salvation. Yes, Eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 says that. To obey. Everyone is obeying something. The ungodly obey themselves. Christians at least should be obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Should not, shall not, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Even though we're not under the law, we should still not be sinning in that sense. Now verse 15, what then? Question mark. Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? And Paul answers, God forbid. Know ye not. And those, here's something you need to know. That to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And then verse 17, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed, there's that word obeyed again, but ye have obeyed from the heart. You haven't obeyed like when you get drafted in the military where they, you have to do what they do. You obey because you, you better not disobey. But you obey here because you want to. It's from the heart. You've obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, 
he became the servant. You're still a servant of righteousness now. So which one does God want us to obey? He wants us to obey the new nature. He wants us to grow that new nature. The old nature needs to die. The old nature needs to be crucified. We'll talk about that here in a minute too. But in verse 16 in particular, know ye not, don't you know, here's something you better know, to whom ye yield yourselves. We all turn ourselves over to something to do something. And if we do that, it's our fault. Because you didn't have to yield yourselves, servants, to obey sin, but to yield yourself, servants, to obey Jesus Christ. Friends, that's really what salvation is, isn't it? When someone's willing to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, to stop obeying yourself and obeying your sinful nature and that old man, now you want to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be ruled by this book, this book right here. This is the word of God here. We need to obey what this book says. That's salvation. Turning from obeying yourself and what you want to do, bowing the knees, surrendering your will to the Lord Jesus Christ, calling out to him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord. Obey him. Stop obeying yourself. And by the way, I might say this. Do that before it's too late. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 there talks about everyone will bow the knee someday, but it'll be too late to get them into heaven, though. But you can do that now. Amen. How many years have people been on this planet? They, they're living and they're just rejecting, rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a bowing of the knee, of submitting yourself to God's word and God's will and obeying him. That's what salvation is. So which one does God want you to obey? Of course, that new nature. Number four, here's an interesting thought. Which one does Satan tempt? When he tempts Christians, we have the two, both natures. We have the old nature, the old man yet. We have the old, new nature. Which one does Satan tempt? When he tempts us, and he will in different ways. We are tempted in different ways. And by the way, to be tempted, we don't even need the Satan around. We can allow ourselves to be tempted in many ways too. But which nature, if either nature gives in, which one would he have any success with at all? The old nature or the new nature? Only the old nature, huh? So he'll tempt us, and only the old nature will respond and give in to his temptations. Only the old nature will give in. So which one would respond? Only the old one. The old one will believe, the old one will obey Satan's temptations. The remedy, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Point number five, which one needs to grow and mature? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Interesting, when a person is born again, they do not have sinless perfection. When a person is born again, they will not have victory without effort. God wants to see the genuineness of our decisions by giving us an opportunity to say yes or no, but it doesn't happen automatically. I'll just pray about it. And God took away my, that problem. Well, we have to give our effort and put forth our effort in this thing too. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children 
tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And then verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. That's what I want to emphasize, the growing up. Growing up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Growing that new nature. That's why we're here this morning. One of the reasons we're here this morning. And we can have victory with the spiritual armor. We need that according to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11. But what we need to grow and mature that new nature. We need to feed that new nature. How can we feed that new nature? 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 2 is very clear. And oh, I wish people would read the Bible. We need to read the Bible enough so that it affects how we live. How we live our lives is affected by the Bible, and we start to do what the Bible says, not what the old nature says. That's the place, and that should be our goal. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If a Christian is born, when they're born again, if they already have spiritual maturity, why is this verse in the Bible? Why does it tell us we still need to grow? Why does it tell us how to grow as a Christian? Christian, how do we grow? By the Word of God. Taking in the Word of God. Making it part of our lives. Making it part of our lives to the place where it affects our lives, it directs our lives, and makes a big difference in our life. That's how much we need to read the Bible. So which one needs to grow? That new nature needs to grow. Because the old one, we want to crucify. We don't want the old nature to grow. Don't feed it. Don't feed that old nature. All right, next point in my outline here. Which one sins when you sin? It's always and only the old nature. And that's embarrassing. It just shows how prevalent the old nature is. It shows how present the old nature is. And it shows how persistent the old man, the old nature is, doesn't it? Prevalent, present, persistent. All right, then which one is to be crucified? We saw that already back in Romans chapter 6. The old nature is to be crucified. Our old nature, it seems like, needs to be more severely dealt with than we even think about it. It needs to be dealt with more severely than most think, even Christians. Uh, let's see, a little quote I had here. Where is it? There it is. In the Roman days, the man in Roman times who took up his cross was not going to have his life redirected. He was going to have his life ended. We need to crucify that old nature. Put it back. Fight it. Fight it. We have to put forth our effort, but God will help us too. But again, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Read the Bible. Study the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Come out to church. Hear the Bible preach. So which one is to be crucified and destroyed? That old nature. And we're not talking about when we get to heaven. We're talking about now. It needs to be just put down. Put down that old nature. Christian, when you sin... Do you know that you sin? Hmm. I do. Do I know every time I sin that I've sinned? No. 
But which one is to be crucified and destroyed? That old nature. All right, my last two points I'll put together here this morning. Which one do the lost or the unsaved people take to hell with them? Well, they only have one nature. That's the one they take with them to eternal hell. Which one will Christians take with them to heaven? The old nature or the new nature? Finally, that old nature is gone. When a Christian gets to heaven, the old nature is gone. They take only that new nature with them to heaven. Whether it's immature or mature, whether it's grown or not grown, they take that new nature to heaven. Finally, the old nature is gone. It's not going to tempt us anymore throughout eternity. It's not going to discourage us anymore in eternity. We're not going to be jealous and envious of other people. That's where all the envy and the jealousy comes from, that old nature. Finally, it's gone. Which one do the lost people take to hell? They only have one nature. That's an old nature. Which one do Christians take them with them to heaven? That's a new nature. They're going to take to heaven with them someday. Turn to Revelation chapter 21, and we're going to read two verses. Revelation 21, verse 8, and then Revelation 21, verse 27. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Sad verse here, isn't it? But the fearful and unbelieving. Interesting, the word fearful is put there first. See, fearful is a powerful sin. Being afraid is a sin, the wrong kind of fear. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's where those that only have the old nature when they die, that's where they go. And then also in chapter 21, now verse 27, Revelation 21, verse 27, talking about the Christians. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. All these will not be there, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who are born again and saved. What a great future. What a great, wonderful heaven we're going to. What a great difference between the old man and the new man. Only the Christian has the new man. Everybody still has the old nature yet. But the lost people, the ungodly people, that's all they have. That's all they have. They need the new nature. And one last thought. Nature. What does nature mean? As I said in the introduction. The nature is the essential character of a thing, its essence, and what it is made up of, what qualities and what habits. When a person gets born again, they have God's nature inside of them. The Holy Spirit of God indwells them, lives inside of them, the Christian, the Christian. What a difference. What a difference now and what a difference in eternity, eternity. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word that makes things so clear. The contrast and the differences here between the old man and the new man, those that are not saved and those who are saved, what a difference. And Lord, right away, my attention goes to those that still need to be saved, need to bow the knee and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, yield themselves not unto sin, but yield themselves to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. There is salvation. What a difference. What an eternal difference. 
And Father, I pray now, I pray for each and every one here this morning. Whatever our spiritual needs are, you know us better than we know ourselves. I pray you'll meet those and you'll work in our hearts that maybe people walk forward and bow the knee, humble themselves in a humbling way to kneel down here at the front and pray whatever the needs are, maybe for themselves, maybe for others, other salvation. So bless this special time, this time of prayer, this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, I pray and ask it now. Amen.